0: You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. If you're into biohacking, performance, or getting more out of life, this is the show for you. For more on building optimal performance, check out optimalperformance.com.
1: You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it.
0: I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it
1: is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself. Natural Stacks. Natural Natural Stacks. Stacks. Shout out to the guys over at Natural Stacks. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.
0: All right, happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and I want to welcome you to a very special episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Today, we are joined by Eli Block, who is a sexpert, and uh, <laughs> these guys are are awesome. We're going to go really far down this rabbit hole today, so uh, before we, we tell you any more about what Eli does, uh, Eli, thanks a lot for joining us today.
1: Hey, it's a pleasure, and thanks for having me on the uh, Natural Stacks Podcast. appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we are really pumped for this, so um, for our listeners... Um, you know, we we are into optimal performance. We want the more connection, consciousness. We want more flow in our life, and, and you guys are all about that. Um, and you have found a way to increase that by mastering orgasm. So I think our listeners are going to be pretty interested in what you have to say today.
1: Yeah, and why and why you invited me to this podcast. What could it what what's the catch? What could what could it possibly be? What's the relevance? What's the crossover? I love it. Let's yeah. do it.
0: Well, before we do that, um, for our listeners, make sure you guys head over to optimalperformance.com com to get the video version of this, and you'll be able to get any links and show notes, any of the resources that Eli talks about today. And before you tune out, where I normally say leave us a five star review. Uh, We're going to go with something a little bit different today. It is the holiday season, so um, I want you guys, listeners, to if if you enjoy the Optimal Performance Podcast, I want you to think about a friend that you know who would enjoy or benefit from the Optimal Performance Podcast, who comes to your mind, and do them and do us a favor. uh, Share the link with them uh, to the podcast and and get them on board with what we're doing here so that we can reach and help more lives. Um, So with that said, Eli. Yes. We've seen you now two years in a row at the Bulletproof Conference. You guys have a way of grabbing people's attention. Uh, you're wearing a shirt right now that says "Powered by Orgasm."
1: I am indeed. <laughs> I saw I saw you with your natural stacks, and I, I had to I had to give me I had to I had to show up with my uh, with my uh, my colors here. It's a little faded, but you can still make it out. Yeah. So powered by orgasm.
0: And and you guys walk around at a conference with you know orgasm experts, sex expert, sexpert, all kinds of really cool t-shirts. Um, Aside from making people laugh and blush uh, about an important, uh, maybe sometimes taboo subject, what do you guys do? Uh, you're, you're the director for the for the Los Angeles location of One Taste. You are yep. the lead instructor. Um, so the company One Taste, the the product teaches mastery of orgasm. Yeah. Um, you guys do this through orgasmic meditation. Yep. You start telling us what all that means.
1: Got it. So uh, a couple things to understand. So we got to set a little context for what for what it is that we're doing. Um, so uh, right. So one taste is the organization, and then we teach a practice called orgasmic meditation. Okay, it's OM for short. It's not the it's not the yoga OM though. A lot of us do yoga. It's not that. It's a different thing. It's orgasmic meditation. And there's a couple things to know about orgasmic meditation. One is that uh, our definition of orgasm is a little different than most people. So a good place to start understanding more about what we do and, and how, it, um, how it works to, to help optimize and how it works to help people get more performance out of their lives is by uh, adopting, a, a, frankly, a high-performance definition of the word orgasm.
0: <laughs> there you frankly. go.
1: And so um, what does that mean? So for most people, and I'm sure you've noticed this, um, you know, most people have a definition of, of orgasm, which is synonymous with climax. Okay. And so climax is that, uh, you know, between five, typically that between that, you know, five and 10 second party, uh, where, you know, um, there's a set of contractions and you may expel some fluid and it's like, you've been going up on a steep, you know, a steep, uh, hill. And then all of a sudden you go to the very top and there's an explosion and then boom. And then down the other side, And you go get a sandwich and smoke a cigarette or something, go to sleep or, you know, whatever, right? And so that's most people's experience of climax or of orgasm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've noticed, as I'm I'm guessing you and a lot of of our listeners have noticed as well, that um, men's bodies and women's bodies tend to work a little bit differently uh, around this topic you know, I noticed this at one point where I was, you know, I was a teenager and I was making out with a, a young lady. We were on her parents' couch or something and her parents were gone. And I was like, Oh, I know what to do. Basically just do this faster and harder. And then you'll get the result that you always get from your own body. And you know what? It didn't work that way. And I, have you noticed that too, Ryan? That I, that, or, is how, that is how
0: it tends to work.
1: You've noticed that. Amazing. <laughs> I've, I've noticed that too. And so, um, And so, you know, I kind of went through life thinking to myself, you know, all right, well, it's kind of a wild card. It's like I I have a lot less control over what what, what women's bodies do and what they don't. Um, You know, maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe she'll climax. Does she care about climaxing? I certainly do. So it doesn't feel like a big deal to her. And just under a lot of sort of stress and anxiety that I just sort of learned to live with around my sexual experiences with with women. And um, I came to study at One Taste about seven years ago. And I got this new definition of orgasm because they they pointed the same thing out to me. They were like, "Hey, have you noticed that that definition seems to only really work for about forty five percent of the population?" And I was like, "Yeah, I have noticed that." And they're like, "Well, we have a different definition, which doesn't have women feel uh, broken or incapable. Which I don't think women. I don't. I don't think it's possible that the vast majority of women's bodies are broken.
0: Right.
1: I don't think that's that. Does to me does not sound like a feasible <laughs> argument. Okay. Um." And I don't think that men are dumb, and I don't think that we're incompetent, and I don't think that we're um, uh, slow on the uptake. You know, we like learning how things work. You know, and 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 there's no better thing to to for us to want to master than you know for a heterosexual male or for someone who likes you know women to to sort of uh, master the feminine and master you know the 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 female if, if you know if you will. And so the definition of orgasm, in order to include the way that women's bodies actually works, um, necessitates an expansion. You've got to grow that definition from just that one moment to something which actually fits the description of how female orgasm actually works, right? Not just the the DSM-5 version, you know, we're going to diagnose you because you don't fit these particular criteria. It can't be that. There's no way that nature could have possibly intended for that to be what was happening in 2015. Right. right. And so the, de- so the definition of orgasm that we have is actually a lot more simple and straightforward. And all it is is um, once your body is turned on, what happens? So it's like when the what we call the involuntary musculature of your body starts doing what it does. That's orgasm. So from the moment that you see that hot person on the street and you feel that shot of, you know, uh, 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 you know, dopamine or endorphins or whatever, you know, that you're just like, Oh my God, that person, Oh, like it just does something to you. Right. And there's a good feeling there. That's orgasm. Um, the moment that you're kissing and you can feel the fluttering and the, the, tension of that first kiss, that's orgasm. The swelling that you that women get around their eyes um, and their erogenous tissue and um, when their pussy gets wet, that's orgasm. All that involuntary um, electricity moving through the body, in our bodies too, you know, your cock gets hard even though you may not ejaculate, that's orgasm. That's the electricity and the energy moving through your body. Some people might call it cheese. Some people might call it life force or prana. We're calling it orgasm. So it if I was going to
0: oversimplify this it would almost be like the the life version of of you know there's a saying you know you want to learn to enjoy the process not the the goal or the destination. Um, well
1: that and that that's that's a certainly a part of it. And then so that's the that's the emphasis behind orgasmic meditation. So you know if one taste had a stack you know on on some level it might be like okay understand that there's a definition of orgasm take a definition of orgasm that expands your horizons, right? And then we've been taught this other version our whole life and we've got all of these, um, conditioning patterns around the aforementioned version. Now, how do you adopt a protocol that actually, um, gets you to recognize, uh, this expanded definition? What's the protocol that starts to weave in the expanded definition in the rest of your life? Because it's important. Um, so the practice is really simple. It's a 15-minute partner practice. You can't do it alone. So any, any ladies listening, you, you can't do it alone. It's a 15-minute partner practice where one partner, we call him the stroker, can be a man or a woman, strokes the upper left-hand quadrant of a strokey, always a woman, or someone who identifies as you know having a clitoris, right? Uh, stroking the upper left-hand quadrant of the clitoris for 15 minutes with no specific goal. Because if you're taking out climax as the sort of normal goal of a sexual experience, you know what's what? Do you what else are you doing? This is where a lot of guys get confused in the practice. Is they're like, "What am I supposed to do <laughs> if I'm not if I'm not touching her to make something happen? Well, then what? What the hell am I doing down there? You know, just sort of diddling around? Like, how do I know if I've done it right? You know, and and the the thing which which guys learn in this practice is um, how to feel that electricity happening in both bodies. And it's almost like um, the same way that you would um, uh, uh, you know, stroke the outside of a wine glass to get it to sing at a certain speed, a certain, a certain frequency, you know, a certain intensity, and a certain amount of pressure, um, which you have to really listen to what the wine glass is doing. The same thing is very true of women's genitals. Is there's a way that it wants to be touched on its terms, and there's a way that we often want to touch them, which is more in tune with the previous definition.
0: Right, right.
1: For the for the descriptive definition, for the one I just gave you, you've got to be willing to meet her body on its terms, and and to surrender to what it wants, not just what you want to do, and what our idea of doing it right might be. And so that's where mastery starts. I don't think I think I think when it comes to. Um, I think when it comes to uh, anything like natural stacks with the word natural or, or organic or anything that's um, uh, uh, proposing to be in alignment with nature, right? Natural would assume that we're trying to get into alignment with nature.
0: Right. Right.
1: right? That's the exact same thing that we're doing, except for in this context. Is we want to get, we want to tune people how to be in alignment with nature. You know, to us, the definition of orgasm, the definition, you know, the, the climax based definition, not that climax isn't great, climax is awesome, but the definition that revolves around that is sort of like what also has given rise to the crazy amount of like porn and sex toys and all these, um, what you might call like artificial additives. Mm-hmm. You know all of these unrefined additives, all of these um, these things that I don't think human beings were ever really designed to in- ingest, which don't have any real nutritional content for us, right? And so you want to make sure, just like you guys, that your ingredients are high quality. You want to make sure that the things you're, you're putting in your body are are the best of the best of the best, that they're in the right proportion, and that it's actually um, it's feeding you in a way which is going to grow you in, a, in the way that you want to be grown, and that's what this definition tends to do for people. I like it. So,
0: two things here. One, this one may be faster. Uh, yeah. Upper left quadrant of the clitoris. Yeah. Why? Yeah.
1: Why the upper left hand quadrant? Um, we have just found that that is where the um, the highest concentration of nerve endings happens to live, and um, it has a very particular texture when you when you know how to find that spot. Because there's different all different parts of the clitoris can actually feel different. There's parts that you can stroke that you know feel. Almost like um like sort of a sexier, grinding kind of part of the clitoris. There's a part of the clitoris that feels um sort of like angelic and ethereal. There's a part of the clitoris that when you stroke it feels um like bright and uh zingy and kinda um uh I think bright is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. That's what you find in the upper left hand quadrant. That's like the that's like the standard flavor orgasm. Like you go to the, you know, you go to Ghirardelli chocolate factory and they're like 89% dark chocolate, whatever it is. Like that's the one, Yeah. you know, if you, if you leave tasting only one flavor, <laughs> that's our upper left hand quadrant.
0: Okay. So that's yeah. not to say you can't stray. It's just, this is where it's we should like, focus.
1: Yeah. It's like the North star of Oming. Okay. You know, it's like, it's okay. like there's that, there's that one spot and you're, and that you. stroke may, um, your stroke may uh move around the clip i mean the clit's not that big
0: well that's what i that was going to be a follow-up question i mean there there are there are millions of men who have a hard time finding the clitoris in general and now we're talking about we're going to split it into quarters or quadrants and say okay now you got to focus on this one so so for a guy who maybe struggles with even finding it or or yeah, you know, we're we're really really zooming in. So so how do you no, guys well,
1: do you- I think I think that's the equivalent, you know, with when you it's like it's like nutrition. It's like people can eat anything. You can walk down the street in any in any major American city and you can shove pizza hut in your <laughs> mouth and you can go and you can eat you can eat whatever, you know, yep. all the time. And and to, if you actually start putting attention on what you on what you eat, the possibilities as you well know, grow exponentially. Right. I think Anything that you put your attention on um, will reveal its secrets to you, and a clitoris is no different.
0: Okay, so so let's let's build on that and say we, yeah. we want to uh, with our podcast we we always want to give uh, actionable advice that our listeners can implement. So you know if I'm working with somebody nutritionally and they are a complete beginner and yep. I've got to educate on okay these particular foods fall into the carbohydrate category these are right. fats these are proteins right, right. we've got, no, to, this, we've, this we've, got to, yeah. we've got to cover that foundation before I can say okay you need this many carbs this much fat yep. we need to yep. work on timing um, before we can get into the the fancy stuff we've got to get the basics so so if you have somebody who's just starting what are some some actionable things that our listeners could implement um, either into their sex life or their meditation practice Um uh, you know you mentioned the practice itself is fifteen minutes if if our yep. listeners have a partner who's willing to try this, yep what can we do
1: that's a really good question so um so one of the other things to understand this is so i'll 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 say of something for just a minute and then i'll and then I'll yeah. get more to that exact question yeah so one of the most important parts about this practice is its containment okay there there is nothing here. There, there is nothing to orgasmic meditation without containment of the practice. And what I mean is that there's a container. So the 15 minutes is part of the container of the practice. Okay, um, The stroker being fully clothed is part of the practice. Uh, the practice not overlapping with foreplay is part of the practice. So you don't want to treat this practice like the rest of your sex life. So you wouldn't segue from an oming experience you know, from an orgasmic meditation session, you wouldn't segue from that into a make out or a cuddle or um, any form of other sex, right? Mm-hmm. It's a couple reasons for this. First and foremost is because women have a part of their brains, we all do, but but it's still a little different for women, have a part of their brains called the center of vigilance. Okay, that's, that's just a fancy name uh, or it's like a, a, a simplified name for the amygdala and a few other parts of the forebrain or fore and midbrain. And the issue is that um, when the center of vigilance is activated, when that part of the brain that's wondering, am I safe? Right? Mm-hmm. Can I relax? Can I totally drop in? I think everyone's had an experience of, of having a sexual experience that they couldn't let go. They couldn't let go. They couldn't let themselves sort of be taken by the experience. What you often hear is, oh, I was stuck in my head. That's a really common one. Mm-hmm. What that's telling me is that that person's vigilance center won't let their Uh, the rest of their consciousness go. And so we know that a couple things engender the vigilance centers release. And one of those is a time limit. So in the same way that like, if I put you on a treadmill for, and I just said, run, and I'll tell you when to stop, you're not going to let yourself, you know, sprint. Right. You're just, you're going to really, you're going to be like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So I'm going to have to really bide my time on this thing. Right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pace myself because I don't know how long it's gonna last. Versus if I said, okay, we're gonna go for five minutes, then you say, okay, I can really let it go. You know, if, if that's what we're doing, I can. I know how to. I know that I can see the timer. I know that it's only gonna last a certain amount of time, uh, and you can relax inside of that time container. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's part of it. The other part is um, we have a lot of sexual conditioning around reciprocation. And specifically women, you know, we don't realize this all the time as men, but women have been con- uh, conditioned and trained to be, I've used, I've used a million of them. And I'm just now thinking, do I have the right word? And so there's this, there's this notion that we've all been given around fairness and, you know, I do this for you and then you do something for me. And um, the truth is that uh, women have a hard time typically, and these are all tendencies that we're discussing. Um, but women tend to have a hard time um, simply uh, receiving uh, without feeling like they uh, owe something in return, and so this practice is also unapologetically asymmetrical, so I stroke her, she does not stroke me back. that isn't to say that the rest of our sex life shouldn't be awesome in the way that it normally is, and you right. know you know like what we're saying is for the context of this practice, there's no reciprocation, okay, and so what that does is she doesn't lie there thinking to herself, "What am I going to?" have to give back, which is as good or better than what I'm receiving in order to make this thing equal. That will also put a very hard ceiling on how, um, how deeply you can go into this experience. Does that make sense? Yes. And so you're, you're, you're wanting to calm the vigilance center tremendously. And so if you had to ask, if you asked me like you just did, what are some things that your readers should, that your listeners want you know, should definitely tell them stick to whatever container it is that you're in. If you choose to do the ohm container or whatever it is you decide to do, stick with it. I recommend using our guidelines. And if you're wondering what exactly, you know, what those are, I won't go through all of them on this, on the podcast, but if you go to ww.1taste.us, that's O-N-E-T-A-S-T-E, and I'm sure you'll have the links for them later. Yep,
0: absolutely. Go
1: to, go to our website. There's a video on there which which details how the practice works. And then we also have in-person training classes twice a month uh, at our centers in LA, New York, San Francisco, okay. London, all over the place. So there's ways to be trained, but I think, um, hold your container. That's the, that's number one, because it has cumulative benefits. It's like, uh, if you hold it three times and you break it once then you're going to have to start all over again, right? Cause then there's going to be trust issues around whether or not, you know, whether or not you're going to hold it next time. So holding a container is really important, um, so that you can both relax fully into the experience. I would also say don't do anything that isn't for your pleasure in your sex life. So what I mean by that is unless it feels good to you, don't do it. So that's also from the, from the sort of, from the the reciprocation department. Uh, it takes like a thousand acts of desire to counteract one act of obligation. Okay. So, you know, we all know the difference between, uh, you know, like, you know, I'll just talk to you like man to man here. I'm sure your readers can relate. Right. And she goes through the motions and she's doing it and it's clear that she's doing it because I want her to do it. You know, maybe she wants to do it a little bit, but it's really kind of for me. So then we've all had the experience of the A plus. Right. And what makes an A plus I think is the craziest thing is that she's not doing it for us. Right. The thing which makes an A plus is that she's doing it for her is that this woman is in approval even only for these 15, 20 minutes or however long, however long it lasts. She's doing it for her own hunger. Isn't that like a, a lesson that we can apply to, to all of life? Is, is If you look
0: at people who are successful in any endeavor, it's because they're doing something that they enjoy. Uh, it's, totally. It's, it's, very, it's much easier to be good at something when you enjoy what you're doing or you're doing it out of love as opposed to feeling like you have to
1: yeah I would agree, even when it sucks but the the difference between pleasure and enjoyment you know I think is actually yeah. is actually a sort of an important thing and we actually we teach a whole course on this distinction mm-hmm. is I think you know in your job, you probably know that sir, there's moments where it's awesome, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it, which is just a grind yeah, like if
0: I've got to be on the you know in the the coding section of the
1: website updating stuff,
0: that's a grind
1: right and. I think that there's there's a distinction it's like something it can be enjoyable even if it's not pleasurable. Right. And so there's a way that one of the things we're hoping to bring just to kind of zoom things back out again yeah. by making this a practice that you do all, you know, I will, I do this practice between two and five times a day. You know, I'm married, I'm, but I wasn't for the first 6 year of my 6 years of my practice. You know, and so we have these communities and there's people all over the place who do this practice. And the idea is that you don't just do it when you're in the mood. Right. You do it because you've set a practice time in the same way that you don't just work out right. because you feel like working out. You do it because you said you were going to do it because you know what the effects of working out are going to be.
0: So let me make sure I got this right. You and your wife own um, two to five times a day every day. Yep. Okay.
1: Well, do- we, we'll we do two in the morning every morning. Okay. And then if it's like a Saturday or something, or if we happen to have, you know, if the afternoon isn't too busy, you know, the whole practice is 15 minutes, Yeah. you know, so it's like, how can you not fit 15 minutes into connect with someone, you know, in the same way that I think, you know, I, um, I'm a little bit smaller now, but I was once a larger, more worked out person. And I hope to be again soon, but I think I just, I just told you before the interview, yeah. I just had some surgery to correct some stuff here that I've been dealing with for a while. But I know that when I work too, too out, too
0: many circular motions with that one arm, right?
1: <laughs> Easy there, <natural> stacks. <laughs> um, but I know that I know that when I'm working out, um, it's it's on my mind. It's something which is, is sort of ever present. That if I if I don't work out today, I have to do more tomorrow, right. right? And and if you've got a certain amount of muscle mass or certain, if you've got your your body which is inside of your attention you know that if you don't put the right stuff in it even just one meal a day you're going to pay for it right you're going to be able to feel it cuz you're that attuned versus if you're not really working out if you're not really putting that attention there you have a lot less consciousness around how your body feels how it looks how it how it performs right <clears throat> like this like you know the guy who's under the hood of of his corvette you know once a week to make sure that everything's flowing right, that it's clean and it's burning fuel properly. Right. That's, that's a performance enthusiast versus someone who's just like, whatever, it gets me from point A to point B. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think that's a great analogy. Um, It's very easy to see that and and understand that with a car, um, you know, for somebody who's maybe not as in tune with their body or with, um, you know, the orgasmic side of this.
1: Yeah. You know, and then for me, You know, I know that in a lot of my previous relationships, I used to not be always so in tune with her and or I should say more in tune with how the like how the relationship felt between us. It was oftentimes the woman who would bring something up to me about either something, you know, she finally told me, hey, you know, I want I want more of this or I want less of that or whatever it was. And she would sort of be the one who would bring certain things to the table between us. And, um, the thing that this practice teaches you and it's sort of wild, but one of the things it teaches you is, um, how to feel as a man, how to feel what's happening, uh, at a much deeper level than I ever could in the same way that like a performance enthusiast in a Corvette, for example, he knows, or she knows when that car has just the slightest bit less, um, uh, when the ignition is just a little bit off because mm-hmm. you've got your attention on it, you can feel it versus someone who's just driving a daily driver every day. And you know, it dies on the freeway one day and the person, they take it to the body shop and they're like, what the hell have you been doing? This thing has been almost dead for, you know, months. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Right. You know, cause I see people who come to me, I, I coach a lot of couples. And so I, I see people who come to me with the daily driver version, mm-hmm. you know, who are like, Oh yeah, this thing's happening. And I'm like. How have you guys even been living together on the level of connection and communication which I'm observing here? It's like it's like unconscionable to me that, that people would let it get to that point, right, in the same way that a mechanic might look at a car and be like, "What the you know how long have right. you been driving on right. this right?" And so the same thing is true that this practice ohm, because what you're literally doing as a stroker is you're putting your finger on a woman's clitoris, which as bizarre as it may sound. There is electricity at the tip of your finger. There's between 8 and 80,000 nerve endings there. And so there is actual electroconductivity which happens in nerve endings which you can literally feel. That is not junk science. That is legitimate. That the more nerve endings there are in a location, the more electro, you know, the more electricity there is in that spot, which is when you, if you take the little electrical pad and you put it, you know, on your body and you turn the electricity up, your nerves jump. Right. Right, your, your synapses fire. Right. right, all those things happen because it's all elect- it's all electrical. Your whole body works according to electricity. Right, right, and so it's the exact same thing, just in a very strange other context that I'm talking about. Is you're putting your finger there, and you can literally feel the variations and the changes in the electricity on her clitoris over a 15 minute period. And I used to not have that degree of sensitivity, so now, you know, um, she'll be on the other side of the room, and I can literally. feel feel something change between us and i'll go what was that (laughs) and she'll be like whoa what what, what was what and i'll be like what was what did you just think and she's like she's like oh i thought i wanted a snack or something (laughs) or i'll i'll just hear in my head i'll just hear something that was the most that's the most common one with me and why my with me and my wife is she'll be like she'll just like I'll, i'll be drinking some water and i'll just hear in my head i want water and i'll be like and I'll just hand it to her. you know. And I, like, and I know that she was about to reach out and grab it anyways. I can start to hear intuitively all these voices. you know.
0: I feel like the, the subject matter of this particular podcast is going to attract a lot of male listeners. But if our female listeners listen to this, I feel like they're all going to, to be in love with this and say, I want the man in my life to learn this practice, not only so that I can be totally. stroked, but so that he and he can become more in tune to what's going on in my body. Yeah, women can sometimes be difficult to understand. They are a different being than we are.
1: Totally, very different. Different language. Yes.
0: So, so by stroking the clitoris fifteen minutes at a time, multiple times a day, we can understand them better.
1: Well, I think we can understand <laughs> the law. I'm, of I'm the...
0: oversimplifying, but
1: no, 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 no. This is no. This is exactly the level. I mean, this is it. It's like. I think what we end up understanding is we understand their sensibilities. We understand a feminine sensibility. Like, you know, you look at it culturally. Women are bilingual. Women speak both, you know, man and woman language so that we don't have to. That's just been their training. Why is that? It's because we have a very high emphasis in our culture on the production world we worked very hard, you know, in Western culture for the industrial revolution and create mass production and, and mass consumerism and capitalism. And all these things have been, you know, arguably great, you know, for, for our culture, we've spread far and wide. We're a dominant culture in the world, you know, all these things, you could look at that. Some people would look at that in certain ways You'd say, that's actually terrible in some ways, you know, pollution and these various negative side effects. And we've done pretty well for ourselves. Right. Right. In the Western world. And, um, unfortunately, one of the side effects of that is that we have used, we've adopted a production-based um, set of ideas for a connection-based part of our lives. This is where it really starts to come into play. Because like, you know, you hear women get routinely, women get praise for learning functional things. Women get praise for learning, oh, wow, like, your girlfriend can come out, or your wife comes out and drinks with the boys. Wow, you know she knows, you know how many uh, 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 completions Peyton Manning had in two thousand two or two thousand ten or whatever. Like that's amazing, you know. Like she knows how to change a tire. How'd you find a girl like that? You know, like that's amazing, you know, and like that's just like celebrated, you know. Right. And and you never hear a woman go, "Hey, honey." You got to come over, and Ryan's gonna French braid your hair like you've never had before. You've never had a French braid like my husband <laughs> or an updo. He's just gonna rock that shit like you've never seen before. You know, you got to come over and do that, Laura. You got you got to have my my husband's cookies. You know, like there are certain places where that's true, and men don't get um, nearly as much reinforcement for learning connection-based. Or feminine-based uh, skill sets, as women do for learning production-based skill sets. Yeah,
0: I would even go as far as to say that for men, there's almost uh, backlash from other men totally. when totally. you it's when taboo. you explore those.
1: Yeah, totally, it's totally taboo. You're you're you know any number of different words for a man who learns or, or put, puts an emphasis on on what you might call the produ- the the, the connection-based world right? So here's where it starts to get messed up is that, so Ryan, so here's where it gets fucked up. Okay. Is that, um, the world of sex relationships, orgasm, all that connection-based world is actually what you would call, what I would call a feminine world. Yes. Okay. So we don't hear, you never hear in the office, or what are you more likely to hear in the office? How does that feel in your body or bottom line it? Oh, bottom line, definitely. Bottom line it, right? And then in the bedroom, what are you more likely to hear? Bottom line it or what does that feel like in your body? <laughs> right? right? It's a no-brainer, right? But the, but the problem is that we have very little skill. We have, we have a lot of skill in the production-based world, uh-huh. men and women alike, and we've got very little skill in how, like what is the language. What, we have the language of business and production on this side, you know, which includes be direct, Ask for what you want, right? These are all things that any regular human being should learn how to do, right? Right. But who has ever taught us that being indirect is actually awesome? That when a woman is super indirect, that we should not be um, on the hook for learning how to speak indirect language. And I would argue that our ability to speak indirectly with women in that language, for example, indirect is just one tongue of the feminine. That was an intended pun. Okay, That was an intended pun. (laughs) That's the indirect tongue, that if you're actually listening to the voices in your own head and you have a certain degree of of sensitivity and a certain degree of attention, enough attention off of yourself on what's actually happening in the space of your relationship between you and this woman, you would have heard... Plan something for that month so that we can see each other more. Right. Right. And this sounds like, you know, guys hear this and they're like, oh, (laughs) shit. You know? And they're like, oh, I know that. I know how to do that. And it's like, women are constantly communicating. If you are a connection based person, you are constantly dropping communications that have to do with connection. Not only if you're a connection based person, if you're a connection based person with an indirect way of Speaking about your desire, you're going to be dropping hints left and right. One of my teachers likes to say, Every single thing is a communication. There is not a thing that a woman does that is not a communication.
0: Right. I can see that.
1: Right? Yeah. And so it's learning how to notice what she's actually doing and what she's actually saying with what she's doing that um, will inform us about what it is that she wants. And then you start, and then so the, 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 the uh, analog to this, to the actual stroking practice is you'll be sitting there stroking, right? You'll be stroking, 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 following the electricity you can feel in your finger, going along, going along. And she'll say, can I have a little, and she'll be about to give you an adjustment, like can I have a little bit to the left or the right or firmer or lighter or whatever. And you'll beat her to it. You'll, it'll start to happen in your owning practice. You'll be sitting there and before she can even, make the request for whatever adjustment you would do, you've already moved onto the spot. And it's like, it it develops that level of intuition with us where she's able to surrender into hands more capable than her own. Very cool. Very cool. It's the bomb. It, <laughs> changed, it changed my life. You know, I, I think we talked about my background, but I'm a former Apple employee in a highly technical role at Apple. I didn't have any of this education. (laughs) Right. So how does
0: this then carry over give us some examples of how you see it in other aspects of your life?
1: Well, I think, um, I think that one of the things that I see is that people generally feel more comfortable and more able to open up around me. Um, that there's a, there's a way that, um we say that truth is verbal orgasm
0: so yeah. have you ever, have you
1: ever told like a truth that was like <laughs> oh man this is going to be hard to say yeah you know yeah. and you feel that rush after you say it cuz you've just really let go and you don't know how the other person's going to react or respond or you know for all the guys who have proposed to a woman you know right. it's like there's a mo- there's a moment where you do that where you're like <laughs> You know, will, you, will you say yes <laughs> so right. I can breathe? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and right. it's like, and it's like, there's, you know, you're pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. And and at the same time, it's a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like that's a god shot, you know, kind of moment mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, what is what is what's really going to happen here? Where you really let go, and 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 don't have control in that moment. And I think that's the same with any kind of truth. And I think that's the same with orgasm, is that we're we're looking at. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, the in, activating the involuntary part of the body because that's the only part of the body which doesn't lie, which has no choice. That part is in alignment with nature. There's nothing that that part does that is not natural. Okay, yeah, right. and so the truth is just another uh, another door into the involuntary of our of our psyches and of our bodies. Okay, right, and so I would say that people can feel. That that's what I'm after, that I'm not trying to artificially produce climax with the women in my life. I'm not trying to stroke them to get to climax, Er, effort, 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 that I'm actually more interested in the truth of what unfolds at the tip of my finger. At the point of connection between the two of us, I'm much more interested in what actually wants to organically naturally happen on its own terms. If I'm just stroking exactly with the moment – that's why it's a meditation. I'm stroking every single moment with what I can feel in that moment. Right. I'm not running attack plan omega delta five. I'm not using you know the, the Picard maneuver. I'm just literally stroking with what I can feel at the tip of my finger because that's truth. There is no better, there is no better uh, barometer for truth than a woman's genitals. There is nothing that will tell you whether or not you are on the spot (laughs) better than a woman, than whether you are tuned in calibrated than a woman's pussy. There is nothing that because literally we have we the other t-shirt I put this t-shirt on for <laughs> you today, Ryan. But the other shirt that we sell is one called it says the pussy knows. I actually took a picture of that one when we were I in, said, L- when we were in I LA. Should, I should send you one. <laughs> um,
0: I, I think uh, last year I bought one for Donna and uh oh, really? yeah she's she's a doctor. So yeah. I actually I actually took a picture of it and I sent her the the, the text and I said, you know will you wear this because there are, you know, <laughs> sometimes you have to be careful about what she does and doesn't wear. Well, of so, um, but yeah, so, so the one you're wearing, I got her last year. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, yeah, we, we should get one, uh, the, the pussy nose. And then I think there was another one that said, uh, penetrate.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a penetrate shirt. We got yeah. a whole bunch of them. Yeah. People check them out if they want.
0: Is, is there an element of oming that, that can strengthen people's confidence in, yeah definitely in the in the uh, outside of the ohm container and in their regular sex life
1: yeah definitely because because again we're i'm gonna just i'm gonna I'm gonna point back to something we talked about a little earlier, which is that um uh orgasm uh is descriptive so in other words a, a very simplified way of saying that is that orgasm is based in what is not in what isn't right okay, and most people's lack of confidence is because they have not a prescription, but they have a description of what they should be like sexually, of what should be happening, of how they should be feeling, of what they should do, of of what the right thing to do would be, of what the other person's reaction would be. They get so stuck in their heads about what should be happening, they forget to actually be here now.
0: And a lot of that is, you know, as you mentioned earlier, programming or patterning societal yep. influences your friends yep. in, you know, uh, well
1: and i think also just like as human beings i think that we're just you know the, the 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 ego or the the um the mind of discernment uh it's uh it's rightful place is in making sure that we don't get killed by a saber-toothed tiger you know right saying that's dangerous you know, don't put your hand in a hot stove. Don't do that. You know, but when turned inwards on us does pretty much nothing but criticize. Right. That's, right. that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, um, you know, that's, I think we've all, we're all familiar with that, those voices inside of ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so what I think this practice offers people, what it's offered me, I mean I've been doing this for seven years and I used to get pretty intense anxiety in, um, sexual situations with women. And part of that was that I felt so much desire that I had no idea what to do with. And I felt I had such a question about what was I actually supposed to do with all of that desire? And then should I let her see all of it? Should I be stoic and funny? You know, like what's the right What's the right prescription for me? And it it wasn't really until um, I started doing this practice that it's like, um, so the only reason that creepy is bad in our culture is because people who feel desire aren't in approval of themselves, Okay yeah. so creepy a, a creepy person who has self-love for their creepiness becomes hot because the options are either have no des- in our culture this is and you can look at women like this okay like women are trained you either have no desire and you're you're safe and you're societally acceptable or you have desire and you're a nymphomaniac. Those are kind of the two categories that women get to fall into generally speaking in our in our culture. Is you get you get to be sort of asexual and you know and, and my at my college they would call them like oh like yeah she's a good girl. Like oh I know her she's good. She's a good girl. I like her. You know <laughs> and it's like and then and then there were the women who were like having a lot of sex cuz that's what they wanted to do and it was like oh I don't know about her. Yeah. You know. And it's like just a woman who's following her appetite. Right. That's insane. You know, that's insane that that's where we would draw the line. And so, and so I think, um, I don't know how exactly we got onto that topic. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 the premise of the question you asked before, which is, which is that how does this help people with their confidence? It, I think it teaches us to really, um, love our nature. It, it taught me how to really love my nature such that now, you know, before I was married, like even with my wife, like. I go with exactly what I feel, even if it sounds ridiculous, Mm -hmm. even if it sounds totally ridiculous. Like, like the the example that I give, I teach the one taste men's course. The example that I give is you're at work, you put a a sandwich in the refrigerator (laughs) and then then you come back later and there's a note on your sandwich (laughs) saying, got hungry, Susie. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck, bitch? (laughs) Right. why you gotta eat my sandwich like that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like right, and, and, and so the but the point of that story, the way I teach it in the classes, it's not about the sandwich genius. Right. It's because the sandwich has to do with you. Yeah, you ate my shit. That's my food. Like, what right. am I gonna eat now? Right. right, exactly. That's where that's where most guys brains stop. But women don't go inside other people's space, energetic space, who they don't want to be closer to. So that's actually flirtation, genius. <laughs> like there's a way that like that like like this is how I try to get guys to start thinking is that in a connection-based world, it's value neutral. If, if she's if a woman's pissing you off, if she's yeah, nah, 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 with you, it means she wants to connect with you. That you might be so stoic and so inaccessible emotionally that the only way she has to possibly get a piece of you is to piss you off.
0: Or she could just say, hey, I'm sexually interested in you and I can still have my sandwich.
1: Uh, that, would be, that would be in our language, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, so, and so what I'm saying is that, is that you learn how to actually play feminine games and let go of, of rules and respect as the primary determiner of how you interact with people in your life. Because most of us have been taught how to be a good man. You know, and we're such good men that we would never break those kinds of rules with people. You know, I'm such a good man. My programming from my father and from my family and everything is like a good man doesn't do that stuff, right? You know, and um, and uh, maybe in certain circumstances that's true, but if that's what we apply all the way 360 degrees in our life, we have literally taken the magic out of the women in our lives. We have we have robbed them of doing the very thing I believe they are on this earth to do. You know, yeah. you want to. This is and this is the thing is like you know, people who know, people who know these people who know the, who know these truths. I think will recognize each other in places. You know, who have sort of right. hacked a little bit of the matrix. Yeah. You know, will will recognize each other, and so you wanna you wanna speak. This is this is the trick is if you try to bring it in the masculine direct language you can be <laughs> you can be fired fired right? <laughs> right and and if you do it in the subtle if you do it in the in the indirect then you're just kind of funny and people kind of look at you like are you you know and there's always there's always that moment you know even at Apple there was these moments where you'd look around at people at work and you'd go you know um, you're like oh I know you're cool you know, like, like people let enough of themselves out a little bit of who they really are because everyone's, everyone's actually creepy. Everyone's actually weird. Everyone's actually got all these parts of themselves, right? We just walk around trying to pretend like we're all official, you know, and, and we got it all happening and we know what we're doing. None of us know what the fuck we're doing. We're on a, as Joe, one of my favorite comedians, Joe Rogan likes to say, we're on a, a spinning rock in space, Yep. you know, like make up something more interesting than a boring production based life bring bring the feminine into your life well it's funny you say that right now cuz
0: we're almost out of time and i've got to ask you your top 3 tips for yeah. our listeners to live yeah. optimal and yeah. i don't want to put words in your mouth but i think that might have to be one of them
1: that's one of them and i think i'll, I'll save it i think um so there are these uh, – one of the things that we teach at the mastery level of our programs is uh, the five laws of orgasm, okay? Yeah. And, and, and so in other words, what you, you might as well say, what are the five laws of um, feeling more, becoming more sensitive, activating the involuntary parts of yourself, becoming more of who you really are, of who nature intended for you to be? Okay, and I think and, I mean that's something that our listeners want anyway, I mean that's
0: our whole premise with optimal right. performance let's become let's reach our potential that that totally. nature put out there for us
1: totally brother. I'm on the exact same page, and so one of those one of those in this arena is learn how to break your own rules
0: okay. I like that. that
1: that is one of the one that is one of the best you know uh uh, uh that is one of the best pieces of advice i can give to someone, right? Yeah. so break learning how to break your own rules is a very important part of the connection based side of things. Okay. okay? yeah. i love it. right? like take the if there's if there's a long line of urinals in the bathroom and there's a guy all the way at the end, take the urinal right next to him and strike up a conversation. <laughs> like break your rules. if you yeah. want if you want, if you want to feel more of who you really are, yeah. break your rules. Yeah. so that's one. and then um Rules for for optimum performance-based life. Break your rules. Um make sure to have a practice of some kind that takes you out of the your the world of comfort and pleasure that most of us live in. Do have something you do every day which makes you uncomfortable. Really truly uncomfortable. Yep. And gives you an opportunity to know to not know how to do it right. I think that's important to have a practice like that, which takes us out of our comfort zones on a regular basis. Cause I think that's another part of really knowing who you truly are reaching your potential because nothing exciting ever, 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 happened in our comfort zone. Yep. Um, you know, so, you know, even something like going to one of our, what we call turn on events, which are, you know, PG 13 events that we hold in pretty much every major city in the U S it's called a turn on and you can get it's like a social evening, No one's pants come off and you can, you can have an experience of being uncomfortable uh, with your pants on. It's pretty fun. Um, So I think doing something uncomfortable, having a practice of of something which is uncomfortable, um, such as orgasmic meditation. And then I think this is for your guy listeners out there and I'll have a, all of a, 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 all of a ancillary for women. So for the men, ask women, just ask women about themselves. Just ask what are three things that the men in your life have most commonly misunderstood about you? Just ask that question. All right. Okay? Yeah. And then and then um, for the women in your life, or for the women listening, your your thing is I want you to I want you to rank. The 10 men in your life on a scale of 1 to 10 of who you feel has the highest quality attention, who notices you at the most subtle level. And then I want you to ask them, pick the top five and ask them how they think. I want you to tell them you were in my top five men that I know who have the best quality attention. And then I want you to ask them what they did. To get that quality of attention, so that you can begin to identify more and more and more of the guys who have that. So that if you meet a guy who you really like, you can know what the men you like. So you can teach the ones who don't.
0: Awesome. Those are those are very interesting tips. Nobody nobody's ever obviously shocking. So, Eli, before we let you go, tell our listeners again. you know, you you just mentioned uh, like the turn on events. What are some some things that you guys do that uh, can help move people from you know the daily driver to auto mechanic in, yeah. in in the world of orgasmic meditation? Where can people find you? What do you guys do?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, um, so basically, um, this is a path. You know, orgasm is a path. We have a ten uh, we have a tenfold path, which means that there's ten different courses that offer totally different aspects of this. Um, in a linear progression <clears throat> so that people can actually incrementally and uh, sustainably grow uh, in the world that we are basically um, promoting in the connection-based world. And so it starts out really simple with a class called intro to Ohm, introduction to orgasmic meditation. That's our level one class. And you'll find that class in cities like um, Los Angeles, New York, London, San Francisco, Austin, Texas, Toronto, Seattle, Portland, Boulder, Austin, uh, 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 Dallas, uh, I said Boston already, uh, Philadelphia, um, London, Paris, Amsterdam, you know, we're all over the place. And so what you want to do to find those places, find those courses is go to one taste. That's O N E T A S T E dot U S. And, um,
0: We'll have that link in the show notes for people.
1: Yeah, and so info info at one taste.us If you're just curious about where it is in your area, yeah. you can find it that way. Um, you can also, we're easy to find on Google, uh, One Taste and then uh, the Turn On events. Uh, turn On, it's one word, T-U-R-N-O-N. So there's Turn On Austin, Turn On Los Angeles, Turn On London, Turn On um, uh, New York. That's how you find a Turn On event. But I would recommend if anybody wants to check it out, um the founder of this organization her name is Nicole DeDone um and she's got a great TED talk which i can give you and she's been yeah. at south by southwest a couple times i'll give you all those links okay. um and then uh, the turn on events and if you're curious come take an intro to ohm class it's cheap it's 149 um super it's super affordable and it's a whole day course where you learn the you learn the basis of the practice you, you see a live demonstration Uh, And then there's an optional lab, which if you would like to try the practice at the end, there's a chance you can do that.
0: So that was going to be my question. I mean, is it you know something that you participate in? Do you need to bring your own partner if you don't have a partner? Are there bring
1: a partner? There's about eighty percent of the people who come to our courses are singles, and about twenty percent couples. And um, that's that isn't to say that anyone's more welcome than the others, but we have practice communities where you can literally meet people who just want to practice this practice and have this be. You know, something which you would do with people, you know, not that you would necessarily um, have any other interaction. You you could you know, develop a friendship, but this requires that people build a new what you might call like a, a new lily pad in their mind because it's like it's not a one night stand. It's not dating. It's not romance. It's something else. It's not just like a yoga partner. It's like an orgasmic meditation partner. has potentially elements of all of those, but is none of those things. And so you would, it's more like a yoga partner than it is like a a one night stand. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it's, and it's something that, like I said, singles can practice it in a clean, clear way. That's what we teach. And then partners, uh, people who are, you know, in monogamous partnerships, um, any kind of partnerships can practice this. All it requires is somebody with an index finger and somebody with a clitoris.
0: (laughs) All right. Eli, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, talking to us. For our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, If you enjoy and benefit from the Optimal Performance Podcast, please uh, think about who else in your life would benefit and enjoy it. Share this with them. Um, And that's it for this week. We will talk to you guys next Thursday. Shout out to
1: the guys over at Natural Stacks. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.